Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll be reading the text, though we'll be going different subjects this morning. Paul, in writing to Ephesians, he says in verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And we need to remember that. We are members one of another. Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, as where Satan gets the advantage if we don't, if we do that. Neither give place to the devil. And this morning we're going to be speaking about the, uh, where did the devil come from? What's the origin of the devil? Some people think the devil is eternal, just like God. They don't believe Satan was created. Because they say, well, God could not create a devil because the devil is evil. So we're going to look at some texts this morning that kind of throw some light upon the subject. Now, there's difference of opinions through different commentators, but I'm going to give you what I believe it means, and you can listen, l- listen to the Scriptures and read them for yourself. And I want you to realize this morning that we are in a spiritual conflict, spiritual battle. We met this morning and assembled as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Word of God teaches that the angels listen in. And the Spirit of God is here with us. It says Jesus walks amidst the church, His congregation. So let's recognize, first of all, that Jesus is with us. God is with us in spirit and in truth. The couple of scriptures we're going to be looking at, the first one will be Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. That was written to a ruler during that time. But some of the language used has to refer to someone besides that ruler. Begin reading with verse 12. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cast down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Remember Jesus mentioned in his preaching and teaching, he beheld Satan, is cast down to the earth as lightning. He's beheld it. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Now this is Lucifer speaking. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Satan was the most beautiful of all the angels God created. He's called the son of the morning. He was brightness for his beauty. He was ahead of the other angels. He was set up to be in charge. There's different ranks among the angels, as we're going to see as we go in this study. Because of his position, because of his beauty, he was lifted up with pride. Pride. And then in Ezekiel 28, verses 12 through 19, gives a little 
more information concerning this subject. It says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. And we know that this ruler was not in Eden. It's referring to Satan again, referring to Lucifer, who appeared as a serpent. Thou hast been in the garden of God. Ever precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, oxen, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the hubbuckle, the gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day thou was created. He was created. He's not eternal. Thou art, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have sent thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created until iniquity was found in thee. Satan was created a perfect angel, was exalted above the other angels of power until the iniquity was found in him, which was pride. He became prideful of what he was. By the multitudes of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as a profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O, co o covering cherubim, for the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted the wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Remember, he appears as an angel of light. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings. I have behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuary by the multitude of thy iniquities, by the iniquities of the traffic. Therefore, when I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, it shall devour thee. I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. And, the, and they that know thee among the people shall be astonished as thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and shall, shall thou be any more. This, this was writ, written as a historical account with reference. The passage is not written to Satan per se, but it's, it's a uh, description of Satan and who he was and what he would do because he was over this king and over this nation. Who's over the nations today? Russia, China, USA. We'll use those three. Satan is. He's the ruling controller of our nations. And that should make us realize the danger that we're all in because he's controlling Putin, he's controlling Biden, and he's controlling uh, the one in China. He's controlling all the nations of the world. He's the small g God of this world. And this is what we're up against. There's a verse in, uh, I'm going to read this just to get started here this morning. Uh, turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. Just for a little background, I want to give you a little insight to what we're up against, but what, what's on our side too. This is uh, the prophet Elisha, and it says in verse 11, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, 
Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? See, the king, this, this, this king of Syria was telling things in his bedchamber, but Israel's king always knew about it. So he called forth his, one of his men and said, how does he know everything? And one of the servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet, that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. He couldn't understand how did the king of Israel know everything he said. Because of Elisha. And he said, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he hither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by not encompassed the city about. Here they came with a great host of chariots, and they they encamped all, all the way around the prophet. And he had a young man with him. And it says, And when the servant of man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed them, the city of both with horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? He was getting scared. He said, look at all of these chariots. Look at all these horses. They got us surrounded. We're going to be destroyed. They're going to kill us. And in verse 16, he said, and he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And my word to you and I this morning, beloved, is more with us than it is with the world against us. Satan has his demons and has his fallen angels, and there's thousands of them. But I want to tell you by the authority of God's Word, there's more on our side than there is on their side. That's why Paul says over there, if God be for us, who can be against us? We are on the winning side. But that doesn't change the conflict. We are in a spiritual warfare. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord... I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of this young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots afar round about Elisha. God had sent his angels, and they had cherished, and they had surrounded Elisha and this young man. And before the army could get to them, they would have to come through the angels. But he couldn't see them. The young man couldn't see that protection. God, Elisha said, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see what I see. Can you imagine all of a sudden he could see all these angels surrounded him in chariots of fire there to protect them from the, from the, is from, from this king and his soldiers. What a blessing. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite the people, this people, I pray thee. With blindness, and he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. So we see here in this here, I want you to realize this morning that we are in the same spiritual battle today. You cannot see the devil. You cannot see demons. You cannot see evil around you in the spirit world. We cannot see the spirit world. God has withheld that from us today. But it's real. We have a, we have a situation here where it was revealed to this young servant of Elisha. And he could see all the chariots. And then in the book of, uh, I just want to read a couple of things to you before I get started. 
Uh, in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, we have a, uh, a verse concerning this. And first, uh, if you get, if I ever get there of this Bible here, verse 14, verse 13, but to which of the angels said he in time sit on my right hand until I make thy image thy footstool. Are they talking about angels? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? And it said, behold, the angels encamp with about the believers and protect, to protect us. I believe that it says there that each one of us has a guardian angel watching over us and protecting us. We know, don't know how many times angels have delivered us from harm by protecting us. Their origin, they are created beings. First we'll go to see that they're created. Satan is not eternal. Neither are the angels. They were called the host means the spiritual world. All things were made by him, John 1, 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Satan was not eternal. He was created. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Spirits are invisible. Whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. There's different ranks among the angels. Some are dominions, some are powers, some are called principalities. Some have different different service in the kingdom of God that we're going to see. It says in Colossians 1.17, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And remember, this is the verse that we we read in Ezekiel 28.15. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created. He was created perfect. Adam and Eve was created perfect until they sinned in the garden. Same thing with Satan. He was created perfect until iniquity was found in him. Then he was cast out of heaven. Jude refers to the angels which kept not their first estate. Jude chapter 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Beloved, this is uh, showing that the first condition was not the miserable condition in which they now find themselves. Christ refers to Satan as a murderer from the beginning who abode not in the truth. John eight forty four. You of your father the devil and the lust of your father you would do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is the liar and the father of it, which proves that he was once in the truth. You can't depart from truth if you wasn't in the truth. Satan departed from the truth. We conclude, therefore, that in the beginning God created the innumerable host of heavenly beings which man has been blessed to call angels. They were they were all holy and very good. Genesis one thirty one. And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. But that through pride or other causes, a portion of them fell and became and became, and became angels of the chief, the devil. They followed Satan. Paul refers to an innumerable company of angels, Hebrews 12, 22. But you are coming to Mount Zion 
and to the city of the living God. Oh, one day we're looking for that day, Brother Day, to enter that city whose builder and maker is God. The heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels. John on Patmos saw and heard angels numbering 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Revelation 5.11. Think about that. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands. Beloved, there's more angels than we can comprehend was created. There's good angels and there's bad angels. We know that the fallen angels are today recognized as demons. They're fallen. They, they follow Satan. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, Jesus taught in his word. That's who hell was prepared for. And those who go to hell have to line themselves up with Satan and follow his, follow him. And as they follow him in his practices, they will end up going to hell also. So they choose to go to hell willingly and freely, people do, because they want to sin. They want the pleasures of the world. The scriptures are full of the supernatural. The only cure for the materialism of the present day is to discover what the scriptures reveal to the spirit world. There is but one step from the natural world to the spirit world. The dividing veil is our fleshly bodies. The heavenlies are people with spirit beings. They are two classes, good and evil. They are classified as seraphims, cherubims, angels, good and bad, principalities, powers, age rulers of darkness, wicked spirits, Ephesians 6.12, thrones, dominions, fallen angels, spirits in prison, demons seducing spirits. It says in Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Beloved, this is what we're dealing with. It's God's people. We are in a spiritual warfare with Satan and the fallen demons of this world. We are in conflict with them. And so is the angels of God, as we're going to see. They are involved in this conflict too. There is a battle going on in the spiritual world. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Peter says in 2 Peter 2.4, For if God spared not the angel that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them to the chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment. Peter says in 1 Peter 3, 18-20, For Christ also has suffered for us, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient. Once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few that his eight souls were saved. And Peter, Paul gives us a warning in 1 Timothy 4, 1, and this is very Needful today in the hour in which we live. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith. How did they depart from the faith? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You got to realize this morning that there's preachers out there preaching who are seducing spirits and they're preaching doctrines of the devil. Devil doctrine. 
Oh, beloved, we need to be grounded. As Dave said this morning, that's so important, what he brought out this morning. We need to be grounded in God's Word. We need to read God's Word, meditate in God's Word. Don't take this battle for granted. It's a real battle. The angels are innumerable in number, as I said earlier. They are mighty in power, but not almighty. They excel in strength. One angel destroyed 185,000 of the Assyrian army in, in a night. One angel destroyed 185,000. And remember, Jesus said to Pharaoh, "I could uh, not to Pharaoh, to the what's this, the pilot? I could ask God to send me 12,000 angels, 12 legions of angels, 6,000 in a legion angels, and they would come at my disposal." One angel killed 185,000. Just think about how many that would do. Seventy-something thousand angels could destroy the world. Brother, we're on the winning side. But it's a battle. It's going on right now. We are living in history. We are living in seeing the Word of God fulfilled. We are in a spiritual conflict. And it goes on to say, An angel rolled away the stone from the tomb of Christ. And one angel shall bind Satan and cast him to the bottomless pit. They are glorious beings and have great knowledge, but they're not omniscient. The angels are ministering spirits to them who are heirs of salvation. Hebrews 1, 13 and 14. Ex- executors of God's wrath on the wicked. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8. They will be gathered the elect of Israel from the four corners of the earth. Matthew 24, 31. And the commission to supply the physical needs of God's people. Matthew 4, 11, 1 Kings 9, 4 through 18. We see the angels all through the scriptures. Remember even Jesus when he was tempted, the angels ministered unto him. At his birth, the angels gave announcement of his birth. They sang praises to God. The angels have always been present throughout Christ's ministry. And when he ascended into heaven, the angels came back and said, the same Jesus that you've seen go into heaven, so show come in like matter. We see the manifestation of the spiritual world all through the scriptures, but so much of it we can't see with our eyes. Now I'm going to bring out a couple of the angels that's mentioned in scripture for your admonition. Michael the angel is an angel. He is mentioned three times in Daniel chapter 10, 13, 21, and 12, 1. It says in Daniel 10, 13, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in twenty days. There's a spiritual battle going on. But lo, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. In verse 21, But I will show thee what is noted in Scripture of truth, that there is none that holdeth me in these things, but Michael, your prince, the prince In chapter 12, verse 1, it says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was, since there was a nation even to the same time, and that thy people shall be delivered, and everyone shall be found written in the book. He's called a prince. He stands up for the people, the Jews. He's called in, in, in Jude 9, the archangel. It says, Yet Michael the archangel, which contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. Even Michael, as great in power as he was, didn't attack Satan on his own. He said, The Lord rebuked thee, Satan. 
You see, there was a spiritual war. Daniel was praying, and for 21 days, Satan was hindering his prayers. And then finally they went through, and God revealed to Daniel that there was a spiritual warfare going on, a spiritual battle between Satan and his demons and, and between the angels of God and Michael the archangel. Revelation 12, 7, he is seen in command of the angels, army of heaven. His work seems to be to deliver God's people, particularly the Jews, from the power of Satan, and finally to cast him out, cast him out and his angels from the heavenlies, and cast them down on the earth. Revelation 12, 7 through 9 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The amazing thing about this, you read this, God delegated his power to the angels to fight the battle. There's order in God's universe. There's order in the church. We have pastors, leaders, deacons, and the people. Not that one is above the other, but we respect the office. It says to respect the office of an elder and to respect the elder. Not that we're over you in a sense of being dictators, but we're over you in the Lord to minister you the word of God. So among the angels, there was, there was order. He was an archangel. He was above all the other angels. He had special power given him. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. There was, a spirit, there was a spiritual battle going on, beloved. We couldn't see it, but it was real. It was happening. This is history just as much as Christ dying on the cross. This took place. And prevail not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels was cast out with him. Jesus said, I beheld Satan cast out to the earth as lightning. This is when it happened. He was... He existed before he ever came to earth and be born of a virgin. He was there as son of God from eternity. He was there. That's who Satan hated. He said he abode not in the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one Satan hates. He hates the Lord Jesus. How he's the truth. He's the one that was exalted in heaven above everything. Jesus has the preeminence. Satan has always been, and that's where he sinned. He was jealous of the Lord Jesus Christ and wanted to ascend above Jesus Christ, who is God, the Son of God in the flesh, and he wanted to ascend above him. And what happened? He was cast down to earth. Cast down to earth. And Jesus beheld that. And Michael has something also to do with the resurrection of the dead, for he is associated with the resurrection mentioned in Daniel 12, 1 and 2. And he says, At that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince. Remember, he's an archangel. But standeth for the children of thy people, the Jews, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to the same time. At that time thy people shall be delivered. Every one of them shall be found written in the book. We know it's the Lamb's book of life. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and, and some to everlasting contempt. And you know Jesus taught that in the last days God will send forth his angels to gather his elect from the four corners of the earth. The angels will be involved in our resurrection in some way. Oh, beloved, and when Jesus 
we'll, comes back, we'll, we'll get into that too. And he contested with, uh, with, uh, Satan about the, the uh, body of Moses. He says, yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. And the voice of the archangel that will be heard when the dead in Christ shall rise. First Thessalonians 4.16. Who is that archangel? There's only one. Michael the archangel will be involved in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the voice of the archangel shall be heard, that shout of the voice of the archangel. Oh, what an honor he has in coming of Jesus. He'll be with him, that angel, and he's going to shout with the voice of the archangel. What a glorious time that shall be. And with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Oh, beloved, Michael was a great angel and is a great angel and he's on our side. We are, oh, he's for us. When he said, if God be for us, who can be against us? God has his good angels as our keepers watching over us to protect us. Angels are also called messengers, messengers. Gabriel is another angel you'll see in the word of God. He is mentioned by name four times in Daniel twice and in Luke twice. He seems to be associated with the redemptive work of God. He appeared to Daniel in Daniel 8, 16, 9, 21 through 27 to inform him as the time of Christ's first coming and when the time has come. He says in verse 16, And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Eula, which called and said, Gabriel, made this man, make this man to understand the vision. And it says, Yea, when I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplication, thy commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art great beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliations for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision, and prophesy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore, and understand, that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seventy weeks, and threescore and two weeks the street shall be built again in the walls, even in troublesome times. And after this, threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the prince shall come and shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with the flood unto the end of the war desolation are determined and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and obligation to cease and for the overspreading and abomination he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and determined shall be poured upon the desolate. There's a lot of information in there beyond what I understand, but you can see God's in control. God's in control. He announces to Zacharias the birth of Christ, the forerunner, John the Baptist, and later to Mary the birth of Jesus. His position in heaven is lofty, for he said of himself to Zacharias, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. He was standing in the presence of God and God said, who would go with me? Well, Gabriel was there. I'll go. And he went and 
announced God's bidding. He was a messenger for the Lord Jesus Christ, for God the Father. It says in Luke 119, And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee glad tidings. In verse 26 it says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph to the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. You see, angels have been active in history. They are messengers of God. They used to God to perform God's will in this world. Satan is the adversary of God's people. The warfare between good and evil as recorded in the Bible from Genesis 3.15 to Revelation 20.10 is most intensity interesting reading. Satan tempted Eve. She eats and out and with her results the fall. Satan, to prevent the birth of the promised seed, caused Cain to kill Abel. He thought if he killed Abel, he'd kill the seed. To destroy the unity of the race, Satan suggested the building of the Tower of Baal result the confusion of tongues. But the story is too long. All down through the Old Testament, we see Satan at work trying to frustrate the plan of God for the redemption of the race. One time it came down to there was two children left of the tribe of Judah and the grandmother was going to kill the two children, the two grandsons that they would be. Messiah came through Judah. Jesus came through Judah. And they hid those two that she did not was not able to kill them. You see the providence of God protecting the chosen seed. Genesis 3.15 The chosen seed is Christ all the way through until he was born in Bethlehem. Oh beloved. Satan has never stopped it was Satan who tried to overcome Christ. Well, when the time came Christ was born, it was Satan who prompted Herod to destroy all the male children at Bethlehem under two years of age. What was he trying to do, Satan? He was trying to make sure Jesus was killed even after he was born. We see the battle going on. It was Satan who tried to overcome Christ when he was fasting in the wilderness and who suggested that he throw himself down from the pinnacle of the temple. The attempt of the people to throw Christ on the hill at Nazareth. They wanted to throw him down and kill him. Throw him down the hill, all the way down the hill. We'll get rid of him. But he walked out of their midst. When forward in these, Satan renewed the fight through priests and Pharisees and succeeded at last getting Jesus to sell, Judas to sell his master. Satan entered Judas, remember? And he sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Then amid the shades of Gethsemane, he sought to kill Christ by physical weakness before he could reach the cross and make atonement for sin. He became so weak, he said he sweat as it were drops of blood. Satan was trying to make him so weak that he couldn't make it to the cross, that he would die before then. But Satan could not overcome God. When Christ was crucified, Satan thought that he had at last conquered. But when Christ rose from the dead, Satan's rage knew no bounds. Once Christ was resurrected, Satan was really angry at that. Now he's ready for battle. He hates all God's people. He hates God and he's out for vengeance. He says, in all probability, Satan and his angels contested at the ascension of Christ when he ascended into heaven. And the history of the Christian church is but one long story of the unquenchable conflict between Satan and God's people. 
Beloved, that's why Paul said over there, don't give place to the devil. We are in a spiritual conflict. This is just a little information this morning to help you realize that you are in a battle. Our children are in a battle. They're either following the Lord Jesus or they're following Satan. Those that follow Satan will be cast into the lake of fire. Those who follow Jesus, one day will hear him say, Enter thou unto the joy of the Lord, thy faithful servant. So, beloved, it does matter who we follow. And I pray that you'll be praying for these messages. Pray for Brother Davis. He studies Ephesians. I'm not for sure how long I'm going to be on this. Maybe four or five more sermons before I go back to First John. But I pray for me. It's a, it's a, uh, it's serious thing what we're up against. This is not a battle of flesh and blood. If me and Roger got into a fight, uh, I could hit him once and he hit me three times, I'd be on the floor because he used to be a boxer. But this is not that kind of fight. This is a spiritual battle. It's a battle that we can't see the enemy, but it's a spiritual warfare we're in. You wonder why sometimes you... You seem like there's such heavy depression against you. You feel beat down. You feel uneasy. You feel you just can't seem to get going. It seems like there's something affecting you. Sometimes thoughts will come to your mind. You can't control them. Satan is after you to discourage you, to drain. He's tempting us. And we'll get into that as we get into the other part. May we pray. Father, we thank you for this hour. We thank you for this time of worship and song and praise and preaching of the word. Pray that you'll bless this message. Help, help us to realize that we are in a spiritual battle with the forces of hell and that the governments of this world are under the control of Satan and his bidding. But we know, God, that you're over all. And the ultimate end will be the destruction of this world, new heavens and new earth. And we're looking forward to the day when Jesus comes again in his second coming and takes us up into glory. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Does someone have a song in closing?